1226, let's go to the Harbor One hotline. And for those of you who are watching on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Boston WEEI, you can see him as well with a Clemson visor working today. It's Andy Hart of WEEI.com. Hart, good afternoon. Fellas, what's happening? Well, what did you make of the Juju Smith-Schuster comments about uh, learning the offense? I know it set Fourier on a a minor blaze earlier today. Your thoughts, Hart? Really? Uh, I thought it was interesting, certainly in terms of uh, juxtaposition to last year's ultra-simplistic, dysfunctional, and uh, ineffective offense under Matt Patricia to hear a veteran receiver talk about note cards and he should get a college degree out of learning whatever this new uh, system is with Bill O'Brien, sort of the uh, combination of Patriots 1.0 and Bill O'Brien's experiences since he left the Patriots and then what modern football is, what Alabama is, what Mac is. Um, You know, I didn't didn't have a problem with it, so I am interested to hear why one Christian Fourier uh, would take issue. Just a quick uh, recap. It's, It's a myth. It's not What's a difficult it? offense to learn. Like that's that's the that's the truth. Like there's this myth that has been created going back to the Brady era where any player, any older player would bitch and complain or brag about how tough it was to learn. That is my thing. And even Cam Newton with oh, this is calculus. Like, no. Dude, the, what they gave you was not calculus. So let me ask you, because I had always heard, I'd heard that from a lot of players. Like the players that learn it are like, yeah, it's football. It's it's learning no offense. It's no different. The one thing that was always um, sort of emphasized and a bit of a tripping up point at times was the uh, reads on the field, right? Reading it the same way Tom Brady is reading it. But that's where it. The coverages and the reading leverages. it the same way Tom Brady. Right. Read it with the leverages, which is really should be expected from any court, from any receiver in any offense. But somehow the Patriots offense got labeled as the most difficult offense in the world to learn. <laughs> well, because guys bitched about it, and we had some glaring examples of guys not being able to learn it. Some big-name veteran guys, certainly Chad Ochocinco's um, experience was a notable one. But, you know, I, I do think it was a myth. But there's a lot of myths in sports. You know that. And it kind of, they're they're self-fueling. Like, they go from one to the next. Yeah, it's hard on And it just kind of rolls along. This one is just bugs me. <laughs> is it? it just bugs me. It does. No, I don't see, know you it. should take it the other way. Why? Because that you I found it? it easy. Because you found it easy, it means you were a super smart, professional, intelligent football player. I got it in one day. <laughs> wow, it really is easy. <laughs> Block the guy. Was in front it, is of that you. it? Is that it? That's it. That's all of it. That's all you got? Okay. I'm lined up to the right. We're running to the right. This guy's over my outside so shoulder. Do I block him? That's, like, that's my. That's my guy. <laughs> but isn't that true of all football? Like, yes, we, we hear these. We like to. The coaches love to promote it, and then there's people in the media that love to promote it because they'll they'll give you this. Long-winded West Coast play call, right? With all this lingo and terms, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, it's it's amazing that football." Well, you're just listening for your keys, right? Like you know what the certain words mean. Mm-hmm. You're listening for your keys. It's not. I've always said I do think it's hard for quarterbacks to not stumble through those, you know, twelve or fifteen word plays in the huddle under pressure with the time, and they're <laughs> sort of playing the game. But um, yeah, I've always thought that 
people like Bill Belichick and the players um, try to make football out to more than it is. Oh, you mean Andy? Like if a guy is yammering in your ear and it's and it's a really wordy play call, the quarterback might go like this, and shut up, and wave yeah. it off while walking yeah. onto the field, and it would be completely understandable unless it's Mac Jones and around here because it's low hanging fruit to crap on the guy. Sure, just like a media member, a radio host, or a TV host with an IFB in who's trying to make a really good point Pulls if the out. producer's screaming in his ear yelling all kinds of stuff probably would get upset and it might derail him from his productivity oh the there moment. you go hey in all seriousness though off of what juju said and what bill o'brien is installing is it going to like are we going to find out real quickly that last year it was the dumbing down of the offense and that that whole notion was just silly all the way around for even well, Bill to try it? Because now he's going back to the apparently, you know, Algebra 3 class. Well, I'll be interested to see what it looks like and what the uh, description from the players. And you're right, that started early on last year. Mm-hmm. That was in, you know, spring OTAs and availabilities and mini camp long before training camp. And Bill called it streamlined. And I think a lot of people talked about terminology and sort of cleaning some of that up. I also think it was natural. And Christian, you can say it was easy, but there was a certain degree of, over the years, Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels had been here so long that they could add and add and add. And you wouldn't necessarily be privy to that, right? You you bowed out sort of early on in the dynasty, and they kept adding and adding and adding, right? Like, Tom Brady didn't have to start at square one every year. He started at square four, and they added to it. So I do think... There was just a lot of maybe superfluous stuff and adjustments upon adjustments and things, and and I think they tried to eliminate some of that stuff. But, yeah, certainly this offense, the one thing I'm looking at is how does Tyquan Thornton play? How does uh, Demario Douglas or Kayshawn Booty play? Because I thought one um, smart aspect of maybe the streamlining, whatever that was, the, the idea of the streamlining was – hey, let's make sure we can do what other teams do, and that's get young receivers to play right away, play full speed, not have to think, go out there and use their athletic ability because that had become so prevalent in the league, and yet the Patriots hadn't really had that huge success doing that. So that's the one thing I'll be looking at, the young players at receiver, how they are playing. And so what? Um, so you mentioned this Patriot offense, would you say 2.0? Can you draw, Can you? because you mentioned something that just now is like, Brady had been part of this offense for so long that by the time he could just say he got to year 10 and he was on his third, call it, group of uh, wide receivers, he had to – imagine how frustrating it would have to be. He has to go through that learning process all over again, and they don't have the the benefit of history. Hey, right. we remember we did this six years ago. This guy did this. Like So guys who are new, I can understand him – being frustrated why they didn't get it. They didn't understand it, right? And, like, oh, especially younger players when he's on the way out. But now I think the most important thing is, like, everybody starts from square one. Nobody has any sort of history with anything because you've forgotten everything from McDaniels and hopefully um, from last year. Yes, from Patricia. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that was the man Patricia. Black. Everyone you, has forgotten. You yeah, learned right? everything not to do. Yeah, yeah hopefully. Yeah, that just should be of- it. So it should be. For the, what I would consider, and I shouldn't say easy to learn. It was just not as difficult as everybody's making it out to seem. Right, and and Billy O'Brien coming from college, I think that experience two years at Alabama, teaching those guys, working with those guys, knowing how 
younger players learn and approach things and and that experience i think should help him um now it won't be without its challenges like i mentioned booty um and Boutte seems to be having quite a popular following in new england where people are almost expected well there's that but then there's the whole oh this guy was going to be a first round pick he was going to be a top 10 pick and you got him in the sixth round it's almost like People are now setting expectations for him. Normally, a six-round pick, if he makes the roster and catches any balls, you'd be like, wow, that's good. That's that's good contribution from that guy. I feel like they're setting Booty up to, to do more than that. And we need to remember, I believe this is going to be his fourth offense in four years. Mm-hmm. And there's still that change aspect. And you can say it's easy, but... You know, the terminology, thinking in one language and acting in another language or trying to convert it in your head. I'm sure you went through that at times during your career. Like, oh, that word means this in the old offense I was in, but it's really, they're the same thing. The word is I remember but- running a route just by just natural, just progression of like from uh, the same similar play that I ran in high school. And I remember I heard it and I just naturally ran a seam route. And then when I obviously realized that it was wrong, and you don't realize it's wrong until you, who you run a scene right, they come back, and everybody's like, well, why is everybody so angry at me? It was like, <laughs> why is everybody mad? Was it, didn't I have a scene route? No, you didn't have a scene route, you dope. <laughs> right, so there is some of that, but I agree with your, I mean, there, who, who is the guy that is going to be arrogant in this process? I mean, I guess Billy O'Brien, the coach, could be arrogant. He's above, but Mac is on a new coordinator. Mac's coming off a bad year. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster is coming into a new system, and let's be honest, is a mediocre number one receiver, right? He hasn't exactly blown doors in his NFL career when he wasn't playing alongside elite talent. It's like like a 1B. Yeah, he's like a 1B. You know, Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, these guys that were here last year have something to prove. Tyquan Thornton is young. The new guys, I just don't know that anybody would have reason to be like the arrogant guy in the room looking down upon you idiots who are learning this slower than we should. They're all in the same boat. They're learning a new offense. They're probably very much excited by that because, as you joked about, they're happy to forget absolutely everything that happened last year. So I do, like, we've heard a lot of positive vibes out of the Red Sox. Oh, it's a great clubhouse, great team, chemistry, that's all. I can't see any reason why there won't be air we're all in this together kind of chemistry with the Patriots offense uh Hart what was your biggest takeaway once the draft class was done one through seven my well my biggest takeaway is all the people that are bitching about the day three picks that I don't really understand everybody that ah you used a kicker and you used a punter and back up like okay they're day three picks you had 12 total picks and my biggest issue is We've done nothing but bitch about the special teams for two years in a row. We said it's losing them games. So they go out and draft the second-best kicker, the best punter, and a couple of what look like late-round coverage guys that run four three forties at 210 pounds and 6 feet 2, 6 foot 3. Like, they have special teamer all over them, and now we're going to bitch that they invested in special teams. Like, I don't really understand the angst, and I don't know if you guys have taken part in some of this critique, but... I like adding athletes to the and where I need them, and I like adding specialists where I need them. And um, I wrote it this morning on the website. The word I keep going back to is competitive. I think this draft made this team more competitive. More competitive battles for roster spots, more competitive battles when they get to the field on Sundays, more competitive options to turn to in a variety of ways. I think they're a more competitive football team after the work of last weekend, and I know they didn't get – a star corner and a star wide receiver and a star tackle because that's not how this works. You picked a star corner, he's going to be a star for you. He filled a huge need. 
But I think they had a pretty good draft. So when it comes to the kickers, real sexy topic here. Yeah. Uh, you still have a kicker, right? So Bryce uh, Berenger, I mean, do they have a punter other than him? Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, we went through this. The, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah Corliss Waitman. Do you yeah. think, I, I mean, because I think we were talking about it before, like one of these guys, one of these special teams I mean, kickers um, will go to find their way onto the practice squad in some capacity Ooh. as far as like almost like let's hide them and redshirt them. Yeah, I think there's a good chance that all four of these guys are with the New England Patriots by the time September is still here. Like uh, the Waitman, you pro- even if the rookie looks great, you might want to have Waitman just kind of hanging in the wings on the practice squad. I mean, the guy did lead the NFL in punts last year um, in Denver. He wasn't a great punter, but he got lots of opportunities. And Ryland, Nick Folk, it's very easy to see Nick Folk having, oh, he's got a knee injury. He has to start the year on IR or PUP or however it plays out and – We'll see if the rookie can hang, and if he can hang, then maybe you move on. So, yeah, I think all four of these specialists probably have a good shot to be with the team come September. Uh, what do you make of the uh, the the style or the body type of those interior offensive linemen? Jake Andrews, a mauler, mm-hmm. uh, City Sal. It's funny, Fourier and I both had a couple of, of Eastern Michigan games and some familiarity with him, and I don't know if Antonio Maffi – either makes the roster, gets put on the practice squad, but all three of those guys are bully types with big old lower trunks. Does that scream that the power run game is here to stay and bye-bye zone run? Yeah, I I would expect some of that. Um, Now, I'd like to, you know what I'm looking for, a fullback. I'd like to add a James Devlin to the roster if we're really going to go all in. I wouldn't hate it. Mentality. Um, But no, all three of those guys, the first thing that jumps out is they're just big, powerful dudes, right? And there may be some some growth and some technique and some coaching that takes place. I'm not sure any of them is – actually, I'm kind of sure that neither of them appears sort of slotted for playing time right away. Um, Now, I know they're kind of making Sal potentially a tackle and saying he could be a tackle, so that would give you a center, a guard, and a tackle developmental guy with power um, that you can work with moving forward. But they certainly look like, yes, they prioritized speed in their athletes, right? They're drafting Mm -hmm. 4-3 corners and 4-3 athletes, and even last year, Thornton and Strong, right? Pure speed guys. We're going to take the fastest guys at these positions, and then in the middle of the field, we're going to take big, powerful men with thighs. I mean, that one picture of the the UCLA a mafia, yeah. Oh my God, when he's playing rugby, it's his insane. thighs are as big as every other person on the field. They're just massive. So, and Matt Grow seems like he's fallen into that. And I do say Matt Grow. I think Matt Grow has a pretty big voice in that war room these days, and he seems like simple and i don't mean that as a negative he, he seems simple in you know and he's articulated it publicly if, if you want to have a fast team you need to draft fast players well, right so what a novel concept if you want to have a big powerful run game you have to draft big draft big powerful men for the middle of your run game so and i like the idea that they got some pretty good depth in the backfield as well ramondre stevenson is obviously your star but speaking of big thighs i think kevin harris is a power back if you want to go power back kevin harris could play a role in there you guys know I love the James Robinson signing. Mm-hmm. What he can do is sort of a Ramondre light. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they want to be bigger, more powerful, and traditional in their uh, run blocking in the middle of the field. Great stuff from our guy, Andy Hart. You can read him at weei.com, and you can hear him a couple days a week on the Breaking Boston podcast with Fitzy, that the latest podcast offering. Correct, and Hart? Upset today on the Breaking Boston podcast, we were talking positively 
about the Boston Red Sox because I don't know if you've noticed they're kind of fun and entertaining. And uh. Lou Merloni is leading the charge. Angry Lou is now Happy Lou about the Red Sox. Where now? <laughs> <laughs> for now. Hard, thank you, friend. We appreciate you. See you, fellas.